I love it. <laughs> so I've been dying to get you in the studio, and I can't wait to be on your podcast. Yes. The Red Room. Yes, that's what it's called. Yes. Um, because you and I have a lot in common, but different perspectives. Because yes. we're our ages are so far apart. I mean, I guess. <laughs> well, how old are you? 29. Yeah, okay. I'm going to be 60 in 2024, so. You look fantastic. Oh, my I'm not gosh. even just, I would have never guessed that. Yes, I'm I'm, uh, I'm officially 59, almost 59 and a half, so. Um, wow. When I met you and we started talking, I was like, oh, my God, this is my spirit child. Oh, <laughs> Unfortunately, though, because we've made a lot of the the same mistakes and we yeah. started to kind of uncover that dating at my age and dating yeah. at your age. It sucks. <laughs> I have said and I will preface what I'm about to say with I love men. I do. I adore them. Um, but when you're dating a 60 year old man, it's like dating a guy when I was in my 20s. And I don't really know why. They, I don't know if it's because. Of Wait, what do you mean by that? They're just as, they're just as confused. They're just as. No way. The, I, no the way. Ghosting. Oh yeah, the ghosting, oh, the no. lying, the you know, it, it just you, you go out and you meet them and you have a great time, and you know they they kiss you goodnight or oh can I get can I get a kiss goodnight yeah you can get a kiss goodnight and you're thinking oh okay this is really we had a really nice time then you never hear from them again or you never hear from them again and three months later it's like hey how are you doing I miss you and you just kind of look at this text and think dude you've been out of my phone I have no idea who you are <laughs> I have no idea I have no idea who you are so you're actually making me sad because I'm like, you know what? No, I don't want to make no, no, you no, sad. No, 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 no. I'm like, men in my 20s and 30s, maybe I need to go like late 30s, early 40s. I'm like, because once men are older, they have to be better. And now you're telling me in their 60s, you're like, oh, no, the ghosting is still prevalent. And I'm my, like, no. My, ex my experience <laughs> as I've gotten older is the best thing to do is to accept that in certain areas, men never mature. What areas? Communication, you think? Communication. Uh, what about it, cheating? Uh, well, you know, I have not had the best experience with men and cheating, you know, except for my husband. I, I picked a good one with my husband, yeah. but I knew he was a good one. I shouldn't say I picked him. Um, but no, <laughs> I because choose we, you. <laughs> we, we chose each other. But I knew he was a good one when I met him. Yeah. I did. But coming back into the dating world, I don't know if I was just very naive because I had been married for so long mm. and I was just easy pickings or I knew that I had low self-esteem. So that may have made, made me an easier target. Yes. And, you know, you have your friends going, no, get out there, get online. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. And you're like, OK, I guess this is going to be fun. And then you're like, I don't know. This doesn't really seem like much fun. No, <laughs> don't give up. Don't give up. All right. I won't give up. And yeah. you're like, I don't know. This kind of feels icky. <laughs> yeah. But you, um, you have shared some hilarious stories, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so I just want to let you know that I, I have had, I have no, no people who have read the book and were like, oh my God, Maureen, right out of the gate, she just hit you with it. I'm like, <laughs> I know. That's why I love that book. Because it's- I love that. And I think, <laughs> look, people are going to look at what we talk about either as appropriate or inappropriate. It doesn't matter. That's why I named it, you know, Unsilenced, Unashamed, Unstoppable. Because mm. there are just certain I things. I love that, by to, the way. Thank you. You're welcome. Because there are just certain things you have to talk about. Yeah. And one of them is sexuality. One of them is how um, women navigate the dating world, mm. how they feel about being a woman who is dating, what they want to be in charge of, what they don't want to be in charge. You know, yes. it's 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 a woman's perspective in this day and age of, eight, of dating. Yeah. And so I want you to give us a little bit of your perspective. So it's funny because I was actually on the phone with my Mima earlier today. I was on a walk around the park and I didn't know she finished the book. In fact, I told her, like, skip part one because... <laughs> Not that part one is any better than part two or part three, but part one, it's the raunchy rendezvous. So I'm like, skip that, Mima. Like, I don't want you to read that. She's like, you think I didn't do all this stuff? I'm like, I don't want to know. I'm like, yeah, like I don't want to know. <laughs> but so she was talking about it and she's like, 
I just finished it this week. And mind you, my book came out in April. And I'm like, damn, like that took you a while. She's like, well, truthfully, like I didn't want to get to the next chapter. And I was like, why? Like I was offended. Like why? And yeah. she just said, well, you're my granddaughter. I didn't want to read. She's like, I didn't really care about, I'm open. She's like, I just didn't want to read about the next guy and all of those experiences that you had. She's like, it really hurt me. Right. Um, and she's like, and I know a lot of them because you know, they would come to holidays or whatever. She's like, and I'm seeing a different side of them that I didn't know. Oh, so wow. we were talking and I was yeah. just like, wow. And she's just like, I'm so proud of you. You know, you've grown so much. And then we got emotional. She's like, I wish your pop was here. And I was like, stop me, mom. But it was just, <laughs> it was really cute to like hear her perspective um, yes. after all these months of reading it. So it's funny too, because I've had old coworkers say like, they can't get past chapter one because I come out and it's, it's sexual. Oh no, you come out guns blazing. Yeah, I'm like, don't, don't. I'm like, yeah, it was just, <laughs> it takes a lot to make me go, oh. <laughs> but I, I was just like curled up on the couch. I opened the book and I was like, oh. Yeah. And then two people asked me what a certain word was. They were like, what does that mean? I'm like, oh. Jen asked me. Jen and Jess, when they were editing the book, I, can I say the word? Is that weird? I, I don't care. The word is teabagging. Okay, so they were like, what does this mean? And I was just like, I don't know. Go on Urban Dictionary. Like, I don't want to be the one, like, you know, defining it for you. Oh, no. I just told them what it was. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, uh, well, this, yeah, this is what it means. Uh, oh, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. why we're like, oh. There's a word for that, guys. <laughs> yes, there's a word for that. There you go. Um, um, yeah. yeah. So I don't know it. I don't want to take away, like, I know it gets very spicy and I know it's very, like, raw and real and raunchy right up, right from the beginning. And I guess it's for entertainment purposes, but I think when you look deeper and you actually read it, I used sex as a way to make me feel more valued and worthy in mm -hmm. the eyes of the man that I was doing said actions with more than I actually was. Right. And I think if you look past that, because I'm taking you into like the mindset of, okay, this is how I felt. This is this is the experience that I had. These are what this is like the intimacy that we were sharing. So I felt more important to that person than I actually was. So I think when some when you look past the oh my god, like she's talking about this and that right. and. It's it's more, oh, like I, I've been there. Like I remember feeling like this man loved me more than he did. Yeah. So that's kind of the taking you into my psyche part. So it's obviously it's for entertainment, but it's really because I think we can all relate in that regard. Yeah. Many of us, not all, I don't want to say that, but many of us can relate that that's kind of been a factor that kept us much longer than we needed to be in a relationship. And it's that that is the most familiar and alike to dating later on in age hmm. it's interesting because I have dated some men that I felt um, more important to more valued mm. because of everything that I brought to the table because uh, you know because we're being honest when you've been married for a while, at least my experience, certain things started to wane. You know, our focus, we were one of those couples where our, our focus became our daughter. And I think that started to happen because things were kind of up and down and there was this sense of suddenly, maybe 12 years into it, me thinking, I don't know if we have the long haul. I don't huh. know if we're gonna be in this for the long haul. So, you know, things started and we we stopped kind of relating to each other, you know, intimately. Mm. And we spent the last five years of my marriage sleeping in separate rooms because he was he was like a friggin' freight train when he snored and I couldn't deal with <laughs> I it. I can't stand that. But there was no you know, there was no visiting rooms. Damn. So I think that when I came out of my marriage Wow. I came out of my marriage in my early 40s. Wait, so just to confirm, so that's five years of five years of nothing, abstinence. Of abstinence and both of us being faithful wow. to each other. Both of us not going out of the marriage. And did you ever voice your concerns or you were like, it's kind of like this this train has passed? Like it was, it's not it was kind of it was not that was never a topic that was comfortable for my husband to discuss. Okay. And we were just two different people when it came to that part of our life. You know, he was very traditional. I was eight years younger than him. Mm. So I was 
a little less traditional, I guess you would say, um, in how we were raised. And I was a little bit more open to experimenting because I felt like you're my husband. Yeah. We should be able to do whatever it is that we want. Who has to know? Yeah. And he, he was just more traditional. So I think we just were not, we were not compatible after a certain Mm. time. And as I got older, Believe it or not, and it's true, as women get older, they are more comfortable with their sexuality. I've heard that in the 40s and 50s, women really experience their sexual prime. And I'm like, oh, yes. really? So I got something to look forward to? You know to? what? <laughs> it's true because especially when you hit 50, you're just like, I don't care what you think. I know what I like. I know what I can do. I know what I do well. And I know what maybe I'm not that experienced with that. So I'm going to make sure what I do well, I do really well. (laughs) And I am going to enjoy it. And I personally enjoy being a sexual person. You know, I I don't have any shame in that anymore. And coming from my background of sexual abuse, it took me a long time to get comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Here I am heading for 60, like I said, thinking, no wonder like older women date much younger men because Mm, they're compatibility later on. But beyond that, I'm also looking for a partner. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to, I mean, I've, I've been complimented and I've been date, you know, I've, had younger men ask me out on dates and I'm always like dude if you're as old as my daughter you have no shot (laughs) no I I have nephews that are older than you that's never gonna happen yeah um so damn the thing that I love about your book is I started to realize that older men who are single are not much different than young men who are single you know Mm. I'm considered old I'm considered old. So men my age who are 50, 59, 60, they're looking for women in their 40s. You know, it's funny because- 80, 70 and 80-year-old men are looking at me. And no offense. Yeah. But I don't know what's hanging. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's funny and- because my mom just turned 50, uh, or she's maybe two years ago. So she's like in her early 50s, right? Yeah. And she's been divorced and single and- my mom is very spunky. If you looked at her, you would think maybe she's in her like early 40s. She looks fantastic. You look fantastic. Yeah, no, like, your mother is the beautiful. The skincare re- regimes she's for beautiful. both of you. Thank you. She is. But she started dating and she's like, all right, I'm going to set the dating app, the, the parameters to like 50 to 60. And she's like, Brie, I don't want to stay home and watch Jeopardy. And I'm just like, okay, is that what they're doing? And she's like, most of them. So then she started dipping into her 40s. My mom is actually dating like a mid 30, late 30 year old. Which at first, I'm not going to lie, I'm 29. And I was like, mom, like this person could have maybe dated me. Like we're closer in age. You know what I mean? Not that I would have dated him, but I'm saying the age. So at first I had a really tough time kind of like accepting it because I was like, mom, like find somebody your old age. Like, what are you doing? Don't dip into my pool. Yeah. (laughs) And she was just like, no, but he we complement each other so well because he has this zest for life that my mom still has. And she said a lot of people in her age bracket who are single and dating just don't have that. So I was like, good for you, mom. That is that is the other side of the coin. You get the men who who are perfectly content sitting in their lazy boy, scratching their bellies, watching TV, <laughs> and you're just like, uh, you're every a little once too in a much while. the other way. Like, I don't yeah. want that every night. I'm yeah. not saying you got to take me out for, you know, five-star meals every day, but yeah. a walk on the beach or, oh, oh, and that's the other thing, everyone wants to go for a walk on the beach. And you're like, just be a little bit more creative. What do you like to do? I like long walks on the beach. Is that really what people are still saying? Seriously, Oh, yeah. God. At least in the age bracket. <laughs> So everyone listening should know that Christian, our engineer, just laughed out loud. (laughs) This is what I mean. They're not creative. Uh, They're not creative. You know, I... I love that. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay, Christian. It is. It's kind of funny. I used to tell stories. I... I started dating online and I started putting my stories on Facebook and people were roaring. They were... Because I told them exactly what guys were saying to me or what what was in their profiles no. when they were getting in touch with me. And I would be like putting that question out there like, is it me? <laughs> Do you think I should date this what guy? App, what app were you on? Oh my God, I've been on everything. <laughs> I was on, first I started at Plenty of Fish, which is really like 
I don't know. Somehow I think that's like the bottom. I did that once as a joke, I right? I think they're bottom feeders. I, yeah. And I woke up and I had like 300 messages. Yes. And I'm like, fuck off. Like I literally deactivated the app. Okay, I was like, there's you. no way. Yeah. Me, I woke up and I had like 50. I was like, Ooh, oh, people my God. are interested. <laughs> and this is why I say I think I was naive because I was like, oh, my God. I can't believe. <gasps> Kayla. <laughs> mommy is online dating which she doesn't want to hear at 18 sorry i got 50 people in one night and she's like oh ma please just just erase them all <laughs> which yeah. she even knew yeah and i was like no i'm gonna go through them and and this was me hi maureen nice to meet you blah, blah, blah. and there i was hi how are you thank you so much for getting in touch with me that was so sweet it's the writer in you <laughs> uh, I, it was a book yeah. it was a book so i lost half of them because i realized most of them can't read facts <laughs> And the other half kind of like, oh, this one is interested mm. and this one. And inevitably, it came down to wanting a naked picture. Yeah, always. And of course, at that point, still, you know, coming fresh out of my marriage, I'm like, what? They want a, what? They want a naked picture. I don't even know you. You know, like. Oh, let me just see your legs. Or can I get a full body shot? No, you can't get a full body shot. You can see shot. it if you take me out to dinner. Right. Like, you uh. can watch me walk across, you know, you can watch me walk across the parking lot if you want to see a full body shot. What? No, it was That's it was a weird. nightmare. It, and then I, I did meet, um, I did meet a couple of guys that were, I thought were really, really nice. And then? And had great conversations. Oh, my God. My funniest story is also my most embarrassing story. I want to hear it. My friends just roar. It's really embarrassing. So it's COVID. Okay. And, you know, I'm like, okay, I live alone. At the time, I lived alone. And uh, the first month, you're like, woohoo, I don't have to get out of my pajamas. I can sit and watch TV. I yeah. can binge watch. Everybody was like that. Then the second month, it was like, oh, this is nice. By the third month, I'm like, oh, my God, I need hey, to fever. talk to another human yeah. being. Or cabin so, fever. <laughs> hey, fever. So that's when I really started, like, Oh, I'll go back. I'll jump back in and see what happens. Maybe six months into COVID, this guy and I start talking, and he's like, "Look, can we? I should have known then. I can't even. I can't even believe I'm going to say this. Let's meet at the Wawa. We'll just have a cup of coffee. We at can the sit Wawa. At the Wawa, because you know you can't go inside anywhere. He's like, it's a public place, so you don't have to feel nervous and." Yeah, I know, right? You're laughing already. You would think that I, that you would think that. I'd be like, don't you want to at least 58? go to like a Starbucks and we can talk in the park? Oh, wow. I do love Wawa coffee, but like, so come on. I, what do you like, want, a hoagie too? Let, like, <laughs> let's, meet, let's meet at the Wawa. And here I am, like, oh, okay. Yeah, that'll be nice. I feel safe. That'll be safe. A lot of people go there. And we meet and we're talking. He's already there with my coffee. And I'm like, oh, that's really sweet. As other women would be like, no, we should be at Starbucks, like you just said. No, I'm perfectly happy with Wawa. Wawa coffee is good, but okay. So <laughs> we literally are in the parking lot talking for four hours. We are laughing. He's like going back in, get more coffee. And I'm like, I can't even believe this stupid little shore. Let's get together and talk because I just want to. Had so much fun. Had That's such cute. a great conversation. And in my head, I'm like, this is kind of a funny story. So it's time to leave. And he says to me, can I give you a hug goodbye? I know it's COVID, but I'm, you know, I have my own feelings about COVID. So I'm like, no, you can give me a hug goodbye. That's fine. What does this guy do, Brianna? I don't know. Christian is over there like, oh, my God, I don't know if I want to hear this. So he moves in and I go to hug him. And when he hugs me, he literally locks his elbows in. So now he's hugging me so tight that, like, I'm like a walrus. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. My hands are flapping. And I'm like, oh, all right. And then in a flash, in a second, both his hands go down my pants, the back of my pants. And I am in the no. Wawa. I in a Wawa parking lot? I am in a Wawa no. parking lot getting felt up. And I'm just like, Yo. what? I'm like, let me go. Let me go. And he pulls his hands out of the back of my pants. And like, I kind of push him away. I'm like, what the fuck? You asked for a hug, bro. Like, and he goes, I just wanted to see if you were commando or not. I can't handle this. I'm like, you wasted four hours talking to me so you could feel my butt cheeks? Like, what kind of loser are you, aside from the fact that I should punch you? 
I would have wigged out. You know what? The, but this is what I'm saying. Like, here I am like, oh, it's kind of cute. I think I'll have some coffee at Wawa. This will be safe. All right. So like in all joking, but it, this will be safe. How old was this no, guy? This guy was my age. He was in his 50s. That's like a sexual deviant right there. That's crazy. He's not the only sexual deviant I meant. That's what I mean. Like I'm like That's these guys crazy. are not these guys are not reliable. They're not they either ghost you. They want to feel my butt. Like <laughs> can I have a kiss? Can I come on come in for a kiss? It's like what did you not make out enough when you were in your teens that you need to like completely whitewash the back of my throat with your tongue? What are you talking uh, like <laughs> Oh yeah, my god. This has been my dating experience. Thank God that it's unsilenced, unashamed, unstoppable. I, damn, that's crazy. crazy. I would have like took that Wawa coffee and like, Pew. but some would say like, well, Maureen, what do you expect meeting a guy in the parking lot of Wawa? I'm like, yeah, but, but it was also, COVID. but it was COVID. Like I give you, I and give him that. Talk, like, and, like but, we talked a while. It's not like we But just, the conversation was good too. But one of the best, we laughed, we joked, we got serious. We, talk oh, about, we talked about our kids. We, we talked about so much stuff. And then as I'm driving home, I'm like, and that's how it happens. This is how young girls go online mm. and get sucked in. Because this guy didn't become this guy, you know, in his 50s. He's always been this guy. Yeah. So when I was reading your book, I just kept thinking, you know, because I have a niece that's in college right now. And I, I'm like, I would want her to read this book. I would want her to, like I said, some people would look at it and be like, oh, my God, I can't believe she's saying these things. She's talking about these things. And like you said, you kind of tell it in a joking way. Yeah. But the underlying message is really important, especially yeah. for girls that don't have self-esteem. I didn't have self-esteem yeah. growing up. I did. You know, there was a part of my life where my value was based on my sexuality. Same. And you I don't know that I was as honest about it at the time. There were a lot of things I kept to myself, but that yeah. was also the time in which I was, you know, a teenager. But um, I don't think an awful lot of parents know how their sons and daughters really see themselves. Yeah. It's funny because I actually, not funny, but I talked to my mom mm -hmm. um, because she obviously, she read the book before it even went out because yeah. I wanted her to say, there's some things about my childhood in there. I was like, mm -hmm. I just want to make sure you read this. And if there's something in here that you want me to change, like, I will do it. <clears throat> so she read it and she's like, I think this is beautiful. And she's like, I always knew you kind of suffered from anxiety and depression at a young age because of like everything, you know, the house fire. Like at mm -hmm. a very young age, there was a lot of traumatic events in yes. my life that just it the ball started rolling much faster than mm -hmm. for others. And she's like, and I know you were like a little bit overweight. Um, and she's like, and I know you were bullied, but I didn't know it was to this extent. And she's like, and it, she started crying. She's like, I wish I knew. And I'm like, what were you going to, like, what truly were you going to do? Like, that was something that I think I had to figure out on my own. Like, even though I was overweight, I shouldn't have let the voices of the bullies like infiltrate me in my own mind. And then I became my own worst bully over time. Like it's, there didn't have to be that Christina from the book constantly telling me I was fat and ugly. Like every day I would look at myself in the mirror and be like, you are fat. You are ugly. Like she is right. So I, I said to my mom, it was this. Not that I'm grateful it happened because obviously that rooted that was the root of a lot of my issues feeling like I was ugly, so I should be hidden or I should be treated this way or I would never find love. And, you know, doing sexual activities in a basement at a, base at a frat party is like the only thing I'm going to get. So I should savor it and be really good at it. Like that's that was something that I feel like I had to go through because now I look back and I'm not proud of that. But I realize you didn't have to feel that way. Like you are beautiful, like regardless of what you look like and you are worthy of so much more. But. You needed to, I needed to reach those lows to now feel the high. Like I needed that contrast. I mean, that's at least how I'm justifying it in my brain, but. I don't think it's justifying. I think you're just being honest. Yeah. I yeah. think you're just saying, look, this is, this is the truth. Yeah. Whether people like the truth or not, yeah. whether they judge the truth or they just kind of go with it. Your truth is your truth. And yeah. a lot of the things that happen to us or a lot of the things that we see or experience uh, through our childhood will you know they will, trickle yes they trickle they trickle and and they kind of they're what define how we see ourselves yeah and how we think and what we believe whether it's from a bully or it's from 
you know, or, or a friend who makes fun of something. I mean, or even like growing out with growing up without a dad. I know it's cliche the whole daddy issue thing, but for so long it, that was a norm. Like if you look at my family dynamics, there's not one not one person who is still married to the person that they were originally married to. There's not one person. I don't even think most of them are happily married. Um, for me, I, I just thought the absent father was, that was the thing. Like that was normal. And then, you know, my mom, like begging for attention from other guys, like that was normal. And Mm -hmm. that is what I inherited. And that's what I thought was true and real. And that's what I was seeking because I found comfort in that chaos. Like that was, so that was another, you know, dynamic on top of being overweight and being bullied and not having a home. There was just so much. And I think a lot of the feedback I've been getting from the book is, damn like you're bold like you're brave and I'm just like yeah I guess so I said but we all have stories we all have things that shape us and it's like I'm just putting it out there because now I'm just like this is me like if you like it fantastic if you don't like it's okay like but this is me and I don't have to hide anymore this is what I've done this is what I've forgiven myself for this is how I moved on and this is what I'm not tolerating anymore moving forward so if you align great but so I don't think it's bold I just think it's like I'm accepting who I am and what I've done, the choices I've made, the men that I've been with, the things that I've done too. And I'm hoping that other people can read this and relate and say like, first of all, she's dope. I love it. She made me laugh. But, you know, look at yourself intrinsically and say, okay, you know, she made these mistakes. I can learn from that and I can grow myself. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? No, absolutely. And I think that anybody who does read it will. I hope so. But if not, it's cool. You know what I mean? (laughs) I know, but I... (laughs) I think what's really, really sad is that in this day and age, people, I do think you're bold, but it's kind of like when people say to me, you're so brave, you're so courageous. It makes me a little sad because the things that we talk about are still things that people are so uncomfortable talking about. Which is crazy. We've come so far generationally and again, from my perspective, being the age that I am, I look at things and I go, we've progressed, you know, with technology and with certain mindsets, but we have not progressed as far as people think we have when it comes to the choices other people make that are outside of the uh, the, the so-called norm. We live in such a world where there's access to everything, right? Mm-hmm. So I had a coworker, an old coworker, who bought my book and I heard through the grapevine that this person could not get past chapter one because it was too much, right? Mind you, this person's in their mid-30s. And I'm like, this person used to watch Game of Thrones religiously. There's people banging everywhere. I'm like, mm-hmm. so you could watch this on HBO. But when it's real life and it's right. things that you you know, like your daughter could go through, your your cousin maybe have gone through, maybe you've gone through in college. I'm like... You can't real you can't read real life things, but you can watch Game of Thrones and you know the Targaryens doing whatever. Right. It just it doesn't make sense to me, and I'm like, and we're so we you know we're supposed to be open, and it, I'm just like, but why are certain things still taboo? It just it doesn't it does not make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me because on some level, I believe those people hide their critical side, mm. their judgmental side. They can kind of get away with, oh, yeah, I watch that. Oh, yeah, I this. Because like you said, it's fantasy. It's television. It's yeah. something that is not happening in real life. But when you start to present them with a real-life scenario, with something that's happened to you, if they are – if their base is rooted in judgment, mm. then it makes them uncomfortable. Or it's something that they can relate to so much – that it makes them uncomfortable. That's true too. Were you, with your book, were you nervous? I know I asked you this. Mm. Were you nervous to put your book out there and and get, and with the possibility of potentially getting judged directly or indirectly? Or did you not care? Did you come to terms with it? Well, I told you it took me five years to write that book. So I had five years to kind of go through that whole cycle of when I released it, I was ready to release it. Mm. But I think... Because so much happened to me, because that book was so packed with so many different traumas, my biggest fear was that people were not going to believe me. Mm. My biggest fear was not so much that I would be judged, but that pe- they would 
think you're crazy. See how many things had happened to me throughout my life and think it's impossible for one person to be able to experience this many different abuses, this many, you know, different thoughts of wanting to end her life and now suddenly come out of it this fully whole woman who's creating a life she's lo she loves. That was my biggest fear. People are going to think I'm a liar. And I think that my fear, mm. that fear was rooted in my father telling me if I told people what happened, they wouldn't believe me. So I think it actually went back to that. Wow. I think it went back to that little piece of me that was like, well, if I tell anybody, then they won't believe me anyway. And when it came time to put the book, I and one person actually said it. I didn't know the woman, but my book was recommended by a friend. And she told me, I called her, like, how did you, what did you think of the book? She's like, I, I can't even believe that all this stuff would happen to one person. And I don't believe that she has a good relationship with her mother. I don't believe that her mother didn't know. I don't believe that. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, there were so many things. That, and every single fear I had. Came to this light. This woman like spewed at my friend and thank God my friend is a true blue friend and told, basically told her what to go do with herself and <laughs> never spoke to her again. But I lived through it. I was like, yeah, oh, this is what it feels not to care what people think about you. That was like a very defining moment for me because I always, I was always afraid of what people would think about me growing up because I was hiding so much. Yeah. So I got to be this person because if I'm not this person, they might realize. So it kind of gave me the freedom a little bit to really like, hey, <laughs> so this is who I really am. Yeah. And the feedback was phenomenal, you know, and and because I talked about things that people don't want to talk, they still don't want to talk about. They still don't want to support it. They still want to say that the woman is a liar or whatever. But um, for you to put yourself out, yeah. so this is it. This is what happens. All I kept thinking when I read the book was how many young women are going to be able to relate to this? How many young women? Because generationally, I do think that I do think that things have changed, you know, with sexuality. I mean, just my generation from my mother's generation. You know, when I finally had to tell my mother that I had had sex out of marriage, she was just looking at me. And I remember saying to her, Ma, sex is different from my generation than yeah. it was for your generation. If we're in love with someone, we're in a relationship, we're going to have sex. Yeah, but what if you don't get married? Then we don't get married. But doesn't that hurt more? I, I don't know. Because... <laughs> I pretty much had sex with every guy I've been in a relationship <laughs> with. Like, and then she was like, I hope you're kidding. And I was like, oh, I went over the line. Yes, Sorry, I'm kidding, Sorry, Ronnie. No. I'm kidding, Mom. <laughs> but no, like we had honest conversations about it yeah. at the time. And watching my daughter go through school, I was like, wow, I thought my generation was open-minded and like footloose and fancy-free. This is really, whoa, yeah. what are you guys doing? You know, like you're... It, it started to happen younger is what I'm trying to say. So I think that there are a lot of different reasons why you can get to an age where you find yourself, where you have all this freedom and maybe mixed messages or like you said, what you saw growing up that you just thought was the norm. Mm -hmm. And now you are experimenting or you're sort of um, expressing yourself in ways that other people find judgmental, but I don't think it's judgmental. I think it's honest. Yeah. This is what I did. This is why. Um, I'm not ashamed of it. I learned from it because that's how it should be. Everything that happens to us, every decision we make, whether it works out or not, we should learn from it and we should not be yeah. ashamed of it. And like, I'm not proud. I, I think I read this in the book. I'm definitely not proud of some of the things that I partook in. Because but you it shouldn't was, be ashamed. But I'm definitely not ashamed. It okay. was it was definitely you know unashamed is in the title. I, I know podcast. girl. I know. Right. No I just like I don't want people to think I'm condone if they read the, like I'm not condoning some no. of the things that I've done. You know what I mean? But I feel like I'm owning it and I'm, yes. I'm realizing like for so long, I hid all of these stories. Like yes. some of my best friends, like I'm not even exaggerating. Some of my best friends called me. They read the book in a day and they were just like, what? 
what the fuck? Can I mm-hmm. curse? Oh my god. You can do whatever okay. you want. <laughs> they were like, what the fuck? Like I had no idea that you like you went through this or this happened to you. And I'm like, yeah, what what are we gonna do? Be sitting over dinner and be like, yeah, so like this guy treated me like this, and like these are the like I, I'm just we talk about it, but mm-hmm. you obviously I, I didn't go into that depth. And then there were so many as humans, there's so many layers to us. Yes. And I we didn't just have the time to like go through you know, it we just it was just never talked about. And they were just like, I understand you on such a more profound level now because I feel like I understand why you acted that way or why you did that or why after I told you to leave him 500 times, like you stayed. Now it makes so much sense. And I'm like, well, that's like a nice little benefit too of people, the closest ones to me reading this. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I just, so many of us either choose to hide things. There were some things I was scared to say too. Like, oh yeah, I was dating a guy who was in a committed relationship. Like I'm not, I wasn't proud of that, you know, but I think he's going to leave her for me. Like we're going to be happily ever after. Like, fuck me. Right. Like that, obviously, why am I thinking that's okay? But there's so many things I I was hiding and I think other people can relate, Mm -hmm. but it's a part of you. Like that's who you are. Just who you just are. own it and then know what to do in the future so you avoid that. You know what I mean? And that's who that I think that by owning your stuff, it especially at such a at such a young age. Yeah. And coming to terms with it, coming to grips with it, not being ashamed of it, I think it makes you a much smarter person going through the rest of your life. Thanks. And I think you become someone that other young women would feel comfortable talking to or saying something to or asking advice before they make a decision that they may not be proud of. Yeah. And looking at you and when you give them both sides of it, they listen to you because there's nothing more powerful than sitting across someone who has been through what you've been through and speaks about it honestly and openly and freely. There isn't. There is. I've seen it in the people that I've spoken to about, you know, similar situations. And to just see that sense of, oh, my God, thank God. Like, I finally found someone I can be myself with. Yeah. That's why I think if people judge it, it's because they are. The base of who they are is judgmental or. It's just not something that they want to face that they can relate to yeah. because they've become this different person. I've created this different life. I've, I'm not that person anymore. Newsflash, that person travels with you. Yes. You don't get to leave pieces of you behind. You can close the door on them and you can reconcile yourself with them, but they always come with you. Yeah. And guess what? No matter how much therapy you've had, they always pop up. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. And if they're not popping up in your life, they could be a situation that pops up in your child's life or your friend's child's life or a niece or a nephew or someone you know, anywhere. Yeah. Because I've had it happen to me. I've had it where people are like, you know, I know that you've been through this and I don't want to tell anyone about it, but my daughter or my niece. And it's, and I'm like, so what do you want to talk about? And they're like, no, 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 I don't want, no, 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 there's no shame. Yeah. No, we're going to discuss it. Yes. I'm going to tell you exactly my thoughts, my feelings, I'm going to tell you to give them my number. And if they want to talk to me and meet in a park with a cup of lemonade and a cup of coffee. Um, not a Wawa, no. <laughs> not a Wawa. Young ladies, older women, any women dating, please do not meet a stranger in Wawa for coffee. Yeah, <laughs> that no. is my dating tip. Red flag, no. <laughs> for 2023. So, yes, let's talk about red flags. Name some. Give us some red flags. All right, so I would say I'm not putting you on the spot. No, or it's all right. Um, <laughs> so the first, the one I my go to is always if his or her. I'm going to say he just because that's what I relate right. to. But yes. for anybody listening, you know, pronoun of your choice. So yes. if he calls all of his exes crazy, blanket statement, absolutely red flag on the play. Like mm-hmm. first of all, why and like what do you mean they were crazy? If there's no further clarification, elaboration, discussion, if you're just like, oh yeah, all my exes are crazy. What does that also say about you? Why are you gravitating towards the craziness? Mm-hmm. So I feel like there needs to be a bigger discussion there, but that's a red flag. Also, you should think about it. Is he going to talk about me this way one day? So that's a red flag. Um, another red flag is if he speaks to his mother, father, parental figure in any type of disrespectful way, publicly, privately, absolutely that's a red flag because you should be kind of 
they you should be talking to them with utmost respect. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be a red flag. Um, if he's in a relationship, newsflash, that's a red flag, you know? He's not leaving. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be the side chick. I mean, I'm not going to say he's not going to, but an ad age is, you know, you you lose them how you, you get them how you lose them, you lose mm-hmm. them how you get them. So I just feel like stay away, you know, only dabble in the pool of the single candidates. So mm-hmm. that's a red flag. Um, damn, I have like three over three dozen in my book, and I'm just trying to like rattle them off. Hmm. My thing is if he treats you differently when you're alone than he does when you're in public. That's another one. No. That's no a huge good. red flag. That is a huge red flag. Yeah. If he's just putting on a show when you're out with him so people think he's the, the best guy in the world and taking you home and he's treating you like dirt. Yeah. Goodbye. Another one is if your friends and family do not like this person – and they give you actual reasons as to why they don't like this person, but you're just like, no, like he's, that's a red flag. They're obviously seeing something mm-hmm. that you yourself are so blinded to the fact that you're not seeing. That's a huge, and I cannot tell you, Maureen, how many times all this entire book could have been avoided. All of these life experiences if I just heeded the advice of my friends and my mom. Like yeah. they were just like, no, like absolutely not. And I'm like, no. And then two years later, I'm like, you were right. <laughs> so. And it's funny because when you're with a red flag red flag man, they will tell you that all those people are jealous. They don't understand. Mm. They will give you all these reasons they're trying to get between us. No. A good guy is a good guy is a good guy. That's it. You know, he, they respect the people that are in your life. They're not trying to turn you against the people that are in your life. Yes. And if the people in yes. your life are telling you that there's something wrong, and this goes for men with women. If your father or your mother is looking at you and going, listen to me, she's a gold digger, she's this, she, listen. Yes. Listen, we're not, you know, we're not trying to keep you under our thumb for the rest of our lives. We're trying to help you avoid the mistakes that we've probably made and and you don't know about. Yes. (laughs) Yes. My, it's so funny because, not funny, um, the ex in the book, Hunter, who Mm -hmm. was a recovering addict, so my mom, my step, my ex stepfather was a recovering alcoholic, and essentially, my mom was just like, when I told her about Hunter, do you know what you're getting yourself into? And I'm not. She's like, I'm not. You know, I'm proud of him. Like, I'm not knocking that. She's like, but you know, like what I had to deal with with, you know, my my ex at the time. And she's like, I just feel like if and he was very early into his sobriety when I started dating him, mm-hmm. and, and my mom was just like. I think he needs more time. Like, I again, not to say, like, it can't work in the future. He needs more time. Right. And she was trying to kind of tell me these things that – she was trying to help me, and, and she was trying to say, like, I, do, I, I don't want you to go down a similar path as me because odds are it's more than likely going to happen. And three years later or whatever, I was like, you were right about every single thing that you thought was – you predicted was going to happen. Yeah. And – um. That was just one thing I can think of where my mom was just like, I, I really tried to save you from that because I, I knew firsthand what I went through. And again, I'm not bashing anybody in recovery. She was just like, it was so early on that he had say, a lot right, of healing to yeah, do. Her, and, her initial yeah. reaction wasn't, oh, he used to do this. It yeah, was, yeah. I think it's too early. Correct. She was like, he needs more time. Like yes. he, he had X amount of years of active addiction. She's like, you starting to date him like ex only you know under a year clean mm-hmm. she's like what like what are you doing and right. i was just like no like his life is great like he he goes to meetings and this and that and she's like brie like i'm telling you that's not enough time right. like it's stay not friends. enough time you can yes. support him yes. you can stay friends and then if something grows from that yeah. in another year but yeah that that would be something that i would and and i have had family mem- members with addiction issues yeah. so i would say that that is the right advice like she, she was basically just saying like he needs to heal himself mm-hmm. he need he needs to he needs to redefine himself he needs Absolutely. to find his identity again because for so long it was tied to the the addiction like yeah. the the substances and she said this person anybody needs time to find themselves so i should have listened to that and truly that in the entire relationship as you probably read, he was trying to find himself. Like, yes. is he going to get into politics? Is he going to be a barber? Is he going to be a tattoo artist? Like, he spent all of this time trying to find himself, and it was just, it added so much yes. to the relationship. It, yeah. was, it was bad. Look, I'm 59. I'm still trying to find myself. <laughs> Same. I have no time for a man. Yeah. Like, no, the minute I think 
I find myself now, the minute I think that someone is interested or they're showing, I, I start to, I get nervous. I start to get anxious because I'm like, this, this is not the time for me. This is not the time for me to be in a relationship. And I know that. But I love that I know that. Yeah. Because the old me would be so flattered that immediately it would be like, squirrel. <laughs> there he is. Let me just follow him. Let me see where he wants to go with this. Let me see. It, it, there is, there is truth in when you're going through a period of finding yourself and trying to figure out what makes you happy. You do have to be alone. I think a lot of people have a problem being alone though. Yes. It's very hard. It was very hard for me. I went from relationship to relationship to relationship to relationship. It's just how I was like I, and when I finally learned how to be alone, it was hard the first year. Yeah. And it was no, Maureen, do not go out with him again because you know this is not going to go anywhere. I had one guy trying to come in and out of my life over three years. Mm. And mm. it's The like, persistence. I can't, like, I can't keep doing this with you because I, you know, I have to, I have to pay attention to the red flags and know that they're not going to go away even though you're 62 years old. Can I tell you, like, a weird thing that uh, kind of like a residual effect of this book? So... The book came out in April, but so I've been single for a while mm -hmm. and I want to say, so I've, I've, I'm like, okay, this book's going to come out. I've also been super busy, but I haven't been dating. I haven't been with a man in months. Like my friends think I'm crazy. And I'm like, well, what do you guys think? Like, I can't, I, I have a brand now. I was like, I can't proactively go out and date red flags. I was like, my validity is gone. My credibility is gone. So now I'm much pickier. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um. It's funny because, you know, I think it's I think it's okay to like also explore your sexuality. Like it's okay for me to say, I don't think I want to date right now, but I could have fun, right? Mm -hmm. But every single guy who comes my way, I'm just like, I'm, I'm picking out these red flags. But a part of me is, well, if we're just going to have some fun, like, is that okay? Like this is, this is the current, like literally the current situation that I'm in. But a part of me is just like, I think I'm just, I'm going to wait. Like, I think I'm going to wait, but yeah. I don't judge anybody who does. As long as I think you go in with the intention of, we're just going to have fun, but you don't want a relationship out of it. Um, but I, I went don't know. Through, I went through a period of that, a very short period of, I'm just going to have fun. Mm. And I was kind of seeing someone on and off and... You know, we, ju we just had a good time together, and I thought, well, this will be good for me, you know, just to have fun with someone but not be responsible for them, and we kind of know everything, and I, I think I was about two or three months into it, and I said to him, yeah, this just isn't me. Yeah. I'm not that girl. I can't just have fun. I can't just do this and not have feelings for someone. Yeah. It's just, and, and, but it was, I realized in that moment, it was my responsibility to see that, understand that, and have that conversation with him. Because as much as I still wanted to date him and have a good time with him, what, what it would have turned into was, Oh, I can change his mind. Yes. I can change his mind. Yes. Oh, I'm going to be the most fun. I'm going to be the most this. And that's where I think women get trapped because everybody wants to be the one. Everybody wants to, to be the person. You want to be person. chosen. Right. I want to be the special one. Yeah. That he he looks at and he goes, this is the one I can't do without. And same thing with men. I want to be the one that she looks at and says, I can't live without him. It's not happening when you're you've established – we're just going to be having fun. Yes. It's and when you get hurt in the end and you blame him, really part of that responsibility was you. yours. Yeah. It was hard. Like I remember thinking, I don't want to give up the fun and the good that goes along with it, but I'm now at the point where I'm thinking he's going to his feelings are going to change for me and it's like, "Oh no, Maureen, you're too old for this." You know it's not. And At least you caught yourself. And he appreciate he apologized. And he said, you know, I, I do love hanging out with you. I do, we do. We have a great time. But, you know, that's just not who I am. And it, I said, I, I know that. And I'm sorry, but I'm, you know, I can't be number seven in your stable of women. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. How I can't many, be benched, okay? Right? Yeah. I can't, like, I can't just, like, you know, it's I not I am the all-star. Right? Like, <laughs> I hit home runs, dude. You know, so, um, yeah, it, it. Some of that responsibility is the woman's responsibility yeah. to be honest 
with herself and yes. be honest with the man and say, yeah, no, this is not what I want. That is actually one of my favorite parts of my book is when I call out my personal red flags because it's so easy to point a finger and say, well, this person did that yeah. and that's why they're a red flag, but also point it back. Why was I going through that person's phone? Like what right did I have to do that? Why did I stay if I knew he was cheating on me? Right. Why did I think that I was going to change him when he flat out told me, I don't want to be in a relationship? Right. I I think sometimes I tried to force, I tried to, because I so deeply like wanted to be that one. I wanted to be yes. validated and loved and finally feel like I had my place mm -hmm. that I forced it and it just I was forcing like a, a square peg into a round hole it just mm -hmm. it wasn't it wasn't for me and I just think I don't know not to get all like spiritual but I think whatever is it should flow easily yes. like what is meant for you should flow so easily yes. that you shouldn't have to force it like relationships friendships whatever yep. so I agree yeah that's that's crazy well, this has been a great conversation. I loved this. <laughs> we have to do it again. I can't wait for you to come on I mine. I was going to say, but we are going to do it again. Yeah, we I'm are, girl. On You're coming next. on the red room. That's going to get spicy. I know it's going to get spicy. That's okay. Deeper than the Wawa, girl. But that was pretty, <laughs> that was raunchy. Listen, that, but I, I didn't mean it to be raunchy. It was just like, what? what is, what happened? Like, what happened to you? I thought you were a nice guy. But then like driving home, it's like, okay, Maureen, who meets a guy in, in, in a in a parking lot of a Wawa, like when it's kind of winter time too, like, and you got well, I was a little desperate for company. I thought we'd have a nice conversation, and then it's like, no, you don't just don't do that. So again, ladies, do not meet. I, I don't care how long you've been talking to him. Don't let a guy buy you a cup of coffee in Wawa. <laughs> I love you. Thank you so much for having I me. I love you. I'm so glad that you came here. Of course. And remember, everybody, her book oh. is. The red flags are repeatedly ignored. Yes. And I'm going to tell you, yes, it should come with a warning, much like albums oh. did when I was growing up. But those were always the albums you were glad that you purchased. Wait, like the little album, the stickers? Oh, yeah. It had warning. Oh, the I know what you're warning. The explicit. Who was that? Tipper Gore, I think, in implemented that. That was like a whole. But let me tell you, the minute that sticker went on there, everybody wanted to buy that album. Hell so yeah. just imagine that there's a warning sticker on this book explicit and very honest trust me you want to buy the book and you know what if you have a young woman in your life I think it'll open up your eyes to what a lot of young women feel and why they make the decisions that they make and again it all comes down to just having a conversation about it so thank you so much love. thank you